Hello and welcome. You are listening to the Move Nourished podcast, where we discuss nutritious eating, functional movement, and herbal medicine to help you move, eat, and live better. I'm Alyssa. And I'm Forrest. We're clinical herbalists, movement coaches, and wellness nerds. Let's get started. All right, friends. Today we're talking boundaries with yourself when it comes to working from home. Now, I know that I may be a little bit behind the times with this. It might seem that way, but I still get a lot of clients who struggle with this aspect, even though we are a couple of years into this sort of new remote order. So it's very (laughs) near and dear to my heart and my client's heart. Definitely something that is near and dear to my heart as a business owner who works from home. Forrest as well works from home, right? We, or works mobile from a mobile office, if you will, at times. So there are definitely some tips and strategies that I have found and collected from various practitioners and various experts that we are looking forward to passing on to you today. I think the first thing that comes to my mind and one of the most helpful things that I have found is to physically separate your spaces. So number one, have a separate workspace because when you go, when you have an office job, if you're going somewhere, your brain knows that it's time to do the thing that you're doing at the normal place where you do it. So when you leave, you get in your car or whatever, you commute to work, you get to work, that is where that certain task happens. When you work from home, you have to try and recreate that for yourself on a sort of micro scale because otherwise the line gets blurred, you're working in your bed, you're working in your kitchen. And that's not to say you can't have multiple work locations, but I heavily advise you to designate a space for work that you only go in when it's time for work where you store your work things and then when you leave that workspace you can leave your work paraphernalia and you can leave the work behind physically mentally emotionally yeah because depending on the day (laughs) either downtime will invade work or work Mm -hmm. will invade downtime a driven day you'll end up burning yourself out in the bed, on your couch, just keep still working. It's like crunching away. Yep, definitely. And then on your bad days, you'll end up with a Netflix show just turning itself on. And <laughs> since you were sitting at the somehow. couch working, somehow it just turns on and you binge watch anime or something. Instead of doing Six what hours you have done. new girl. I don't know what happened. Uh, it just <laughs> happens. Yeah. So having that separate physical space really helps to prevent that kind of bleeding that's a lot easier at home. And I think the flip side of that is also you don't work where you're not supposed to. One of our biggest exactly. tips that I give clients on sleep hygiene is not to take work or homework into the bedroom. So having yes. a designated working space also helps with that too. It doesn't have to be a separate office, doesn't have to be a separate house, doesn't have to be a separate building, whatever. Just a designated corner with a pillow or a, a desk or whatever. It can be in the same room if, if you live in a small space, but just having a place that's set apart that is designated. Maybe you have some sort of like opening and closing ritual. We sit on the floor here at Move Nourish for the most part. So I I have my special cushions and the stuff that happens on the floor that I pull out and put back when I am doing work at my floor desk, like things like that. And those rituals around that space also can really help. Yeah, definitely. Another one, and I don't know if you're familiar with this one. I have been using this one for a couple of years since I started the business, and there's many iterations of it. But the most famous iteration of this sort of time blocking is called the Pomodoro method, where you use a phone or a timer. They have apps for it on your smartwatches now, where you you work for a chunk and then take a small break, and then you do that three times, and then there's a larger break. So you will, I think the Pomodoro is 20 or 25 minutes on, five minutes off. 
And then every third time you do that, you take a longer 10 or 15 minute break. And that can be really helpful because again, you get all, you get a lot of different types of bleeding, physical space bleeding, and then you get time bleeding where you're either, like right. you were saying on a good day, you like, oh, my eyes hurt and I have not peed or taken a drink of water in four hours because I'm on a roll, which like, that's great. But if you find yourself that... If that's giving you whiplash, one way to organize your time, and originally the Pomodoro method was invented as a productivity booster, is to work for 25 minute break, work for 25 minute break, work for 25 minute break, or and then it's a 10 or 15 minute break. And then you just reset and redo that as necessary. So if you're on a roll, that structure allows you to take a bio break without it being too mm-hmm. long. And then if you are not on a roll, that sort of allows your brain to be like, ah, it's only 15 more minutes and then I can take a five minute break. So it works from both both standpoints. Have you ever used something like that? Or do you know, have you ever used the Pomodoro method? I'm going to start. Great. Really in- yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's great. I have. And I really like that because it physically vibrates my wrist when it's time for a break. Because sometimes you can get so in the zone that you, like we talked about in our last episode on movement being embodied, you just dissociate. You're so in the zone. You're so in your thought yeah. space that you're like dissociated from your body. And so the physical vibration really helps me bring me back to earth and be like, oh, I actually have to pee and I'm hungry. So I'm let's the, go take care of that. do other stuff. Hold yeah, on. Yeah. Or like it's dark outside or the dog, the dog needs to go out or whatever. And the next one, and I would love for you to jump in on this. This one as well for us is, and this, my business runs on this, is batching like tasks. And it doesn't necessarily mean the exact same task, but I've, and I'm, again, people do this in a million different ways. Batching will help you not only get more done. Um, It will help you not just lead your tasks everywhere all over the house physically and then also mentally and emotionally. And then it reduces mental strain and gives you more energy. What do I mean by that? To give you a perfect example, Forrest and I batch podcasts five or six at a time, four, five, six episodes at a time, and then we schedule them out. And so we are not recording and posting a podcast, even though we drop a new episode every week, we're not recording a new episode every week. We're recording four, five, six of them at a time and then using technology to help us schedule those out so that you can have a new episode every week. Do you want to weigh in on that one? Yeah. I use batching a lot in my herbal business with medicine making is mm. that it's takes so much more taxing to make a one whole tincture. Say I'm making five tinctures and you do go through the whole tincture process five times. It takes so much more time and so much more energy than if I grind all of the herbs up and then mm. I get all five of those put into jars and then I do my weights and then I pour the alcohol over. And so you basically taking, taking one piece of the entire task that you have to do with multiple things and completing that for all of the things and then going to the next step for all of the things. So you think of like putting all of your letters into envelopes and then closing all your envelopes and then putting the stamp on all your envelopes and then addressing all your envelopes. That mm-hmm. that kind of batching is, I've found, extremely energy-saving, time-saving, stress-relieving. Your brain, mitigating. it's easier on your brain because you're part of one of the things that makes your brain fatigued is not the amount of work you're doing, but the amount of times you're switching tasks. So exactly. that it reduces, the ta- it reduces the number of times you have to switch tasks, which reduces the fatigue on your brain. And it's actually, if I'm remembering correctly from my critical theory days, it's a Thomsonian management technique, right? That's yeah. the whole, the I, the notion behind assembly line is yes. things are more efficient when we have one person doing 
the same task over and over as opposed to one person going following down the assembly line doing all of the seven tasks that need to be done in order to yeah. assemble whatever a car engine. One person doing the same task is going to be more efficient than one person doing seven tasks. Now, we do have to right. be careful from a movement perspective, right? Not to give people repetitive use injuries. But, but we are I talking about like how to work. Yeah. yeah. And you're the one still doing all the tasks. You're just doing them yeah. in chunks instead. Mm -hmm. And there's yes. actually interesting, I've read some material recently, anthropological material looking at that may be one of the other defining features of homo sapiens compared to other hominins like neanderthals mm. is the batching ability batching it's time and tool energy. industries yeah we had the same we have pretty similar technology to neanderthals as far as like stone tools and things like that mm. but that ability to batch created the ability to make way more of them and get better and better at it Right. And the way in which that is actually a boundary with yourself is as follows. It requires a little bit of discipline and mental discipline to do that. And you're actually investing yourself and doing yourself a favor when you do that because you are making your tasks more efficient. You are not jumping around. And so that is going to make your work from home life and also your time scheduling, right? Like people do this with their calendars a lot. And I would also recommend exploring that possibility, like boundaries when you work from home, calendar and scheduling, right? Like batching, like deep focus tasks, light focus tasks, like even more broadly. Yeah. And then you can also schedule in your breaks, which kind of brings me to the next one, which is taking a normal, scheduling a normal, whether it's a lunch hour or whatever your break is, set scheduling that and then setting an alarm to remind you if necessary. And by an alarm, like that can be on your phone. Like I said, I like mine on my watch because the vibration of it brings me back down to earth. Mm -hmm. But scheduling breaks is really important. And whether it's on your calendar, whether it's alarms that are preset on your phone, taking a normal lunch hour is a one for a lot of people, right? Don't eat lunch at your desk. That's been the that's been the corporate wisdom since time immemorial, right? Since we've been eating lunch at desks. But the old the classic remedies should not be overlooked or tossed yeah. out the window when we're working from home. Definitely. One other one and I think scheduling that can be really helpful and you can you can pair this with the Pomodoro method if it works for you is on that longer break, going on a walk. And if you can, going on that walk outside is a super powerful reset tool for your brain. One of the strategies that I use with clients who are trying to reduce their caffeine intake is to like go outside and take a walk, take a brisk, walk up a couple mm -hmm. flights of stairs, jog around the block if, if you're wearing the right shoes. Those are incredibly powerful reset tools. Those also on help you honor your boundaries around maybe movement, getting more movement during the day, being yes. more sedentary during your workday, which will also, you know, inadvertently or maybe not inadvertently have the benefit of increasing your productivity, boosting mood. You're getting a little bit of sunlight. Hopefully you're getting a little bit of if you have work, like if you have somebody down the block who also works from home, maybe you can go on a walk together at certain times. There's some accountability there. Outside walk are a powerful reset tool and you can use the if you're using the pomodoro method you can use those longer breaks some of them as can a, be used as walk breaks yeah and i would say like longer breaks too sometimes a little siesta can be oh a yeah good reset power napping power nap power nap, and that's about the right duration for a nap anyway people we don't need to be taking yeah. 40 50 60 90 minute naps because that'll mess up our sleep yeah so that's the ideal and sometimes my dad growing up would always say i'm not sleeping i'm just resting my eyes i don't know maybe that was a yeah. 90s thing maybe that was a 90s dad thing but i just feel like i'm not a great napper 
But if I've been working on a computer all day and I go and I just sit away from the computer for 10 minutes yeah. and just not even close my eyes or do the eye exercises where you look off further away in the distance or stare at a wall or just let your eyes be unfocused, that can be huge yeah, really, for I, yeah. resting your eyes. I think that the most idea can be, it can be just an eye rest. It can be an actual nap, power nap, or it could be even a little bit of a gentle meditation session. It's just the idea of having some stillness. Oh. Stillness. I really like that. When I was living in Spain where siesta culture is very strong, that really, that like stillness and retreating back into a private space briefly is really, I think, captures the ethos of what I observed as siesta culture when I was living in Spain, where it's not like people don't, yeah. especially young people, the college kids that I was a college kid were like, we don't really nap during siesta. We just like go and have some quiet time for I, a few yeah. minutes. I like to, on my lunch breaks, my self-imposed lunch breaks, I like to do a little movement, then eat, then mm. do a little stillness mm -hmm. and then a little bit more movement. That way I'm not sleepy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The last one that I'll talk about before we talk for us about task stacking versus multitasking. And I want to, this is more of a broad one. I'll give you a few examples, but leverage technology technology now really? you like on our phones and on our watches like i was saying with the vibration that works better as an alarm for me than an auditory alarm right leverage technology there's often features and functionalities built into many of our pieces of technology now that will help you whether that's like isn't really a boundary thing but whether that's like the red light filter for your macbook or your phone now has the like a nighttime mode where the screen brightness is lower and the red changes the color so it's not as much blue light more to the point of setting boundaries at home when you work from home i really love the do not disturb mode that's on iphones now i'm not as familiar with what the equivalent would be on an android but the do not disturb mode on an iphone you can set it or focus modes there's all sorts of functionality on the iphones now where you can set it where it either will not notify you or it will only notify you about certain emergency things and it just helps yeah. encourage you to not look on your phone so that because when you work from home one of the things that i have found is if you're not careful about physically designating your space and if you're not careful about your boundaries you just wake up and the workday starts you you end up not yeah. having a morning routine especially when you work for yourself as a business owner it's, if i'm not careful i wake up i like roll out of bed into my emails exactly. and that or like social media I'm like that's the worst put the phone on do not disturb so that it and then it will still be there and then it'll go off sleep mode or go off do not disturb at a certain time when the workday starts and then it will start. Those notifications will still be there. Put your phone on do not disturb. Leverage those focus modes, those sleep nodes, those like functionalities on your phone and your computer and don't even look at it until it's time to start work. No emails, no social, nada, none of that. Another tool that just popped into my head with the Pomodoro method, there are applications for your computer. I'll have to look up the one that's specifically I will use. It'll black out your screen at regular intervals and force you to take a eye strain break or Other walk away from your computer break so it will you can override it if you have to but it's just another thing that is like another let's just build another layer in here it's the opposite of james clear in his book atomic habits it's one of the strategies that he uses that's like the opposite of temptation stacking is like mm -hmm. build in barriers to help corral you towards what you the boundaries that you want to have yes. is how i would put them. so let's talk about this idea of task stacking versus is multitasking for us. Yes. I think at this point, a lot of us are coming to the clarity that multitasking is not good for productivity. Also not even like a real thing. And not even a real thing. Yeah. yeah. And so when we talk about multitasking, we're looking at doing two activities that require the same inputs. So mm -hmm. trying to work creatively on your actual 
task at work while also then answering an email. Those two require the same thing. You can't do them at the same time. You're not um, actually multitasking. You're just rapidly switching from one task to the other one, and you're tying your brain out another. by doing and so. Task stacking is, on the other hand, is there are some tasks that you can stack together in a mutually beneficial way. You can answer emails while taking a walk. And yeah. those two things aren't, you're not multitasking, you're attempting to multitask because those are two things that are not mutually exclusive. So basically this can be things, obviously we're very movement centric. So movement wise, switching to a floor desk, switching up to a standing desk, sitting on a bouncy ball and getting some core movement while you're working on work. Like those, th those are ways you the can The treadmills add under the desks are a popular one. Movement is a really easy thing Pacing to Pacing while on in. the phone. Yeah. That would also be in, in getting your movement nutrients. Like you can get your movement nutrients while also playing with your kids or playing with your dog. Like that would be a task stack that's not multitasking. So just finding those little gems that can be put into your work life that usually a lot of the stack tasks I like to stack are more tasks are things that are health building, mm -hmm. almost like injecting a break into the work besides yep. the breaks that we're taking Yep. versus then trying to a vain attempt at productivity by combining <laughs> multiple things that can't be combined. Because then you're just doing multiple things and none of them well, or attempting to do multiple things in one of them. Like another thing, this one, I probably for non-herbalist isn't as applicable, but I'll sometimes do a little bit of like I'm making herbal decoctions. I can get those on the stove while I'm also starting lunch. Things like that right. that, are, that are like they can go together. Like household task if you're doing laundry while like a personal example it would be like doing laundry while listening to a podcast or yes. we do this stuff in our personal lives too. From a boundary perspective, I like what you said about a lot of these are salutogenic practices. A lot of these are health promoting practices that we are building in. Our task stacking is building in nourishing habits into our day without detracting from our work day or our, from our work day pro productivity. Yeah. And thinking about, okay, the pot, what can I can listen to a podcast while I do laundry and that's task stacking and adds some extra nourishment into my day. But if I listen to a podcast while answering emails, now am I really doing that or am I just adding more noise, sensory noise into an already so much sensory noise. System? Yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah. I admire people who can do that. I am not one of them. And I would imagine fewer people can actually do it than think they can, unfortunately. Than think they can, I yeah. think. People that can, like, probably need to take a break from it. Yeah, probably. Yeah. <laughs> All right, friends, those are our top ways of setting boundaries with yourself when you are a person who works from home. Thank you for listening to the Move Nourish podcast. I'm Alyssa. And I'm Forrest. And we will catch you next time.